1: Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey folks, this is Jason Lewis, the producer of the From the Shadows podcast. I just want to remind you about our website, fromtheshadowspodcast.com. We have a Facebook page, appreciate it if you like and follow also join our discussion group on facebook called after the shadows we have a twitter feed please follow us on twitter it can be found with at underscore from follow us on instagram at from the shadows podcast we have a youtube channel go to the search bar of youtube And put From the Shadows Podcast And please subscribe to that channel We are also on the Odyssey Radio Network And we can be found there At odyssey1.com We're still on the traditional Podcatchers That everybody loves to listen to us on We get a lot of feedback So please rate the podcast And communicate with uh, Whether you're on Spotify, Stitcher TuneIn, Apple Podcasts Podbean or Google Podcasts. We're there and we appreciate it when you leave comments for us. We also have a Patreon page. It can be found at www.patreon.com forward slash from the shadows. You can receive books, stickers, coffee mugs, and special content just for our Patreon subscribers. Check it out for yourself and see what packages that we have to offer. Well, that's all I have for you right now, folks. And thanks for being a part of the From the Shadows
2: podcast family. So with that being said, let's get this episode started. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the From the Shadows podcast. I'm your host, Shane Grove. And with me, as always, is the super producer, Jason. What's up?
1: Greetings, everybody. How are you doing there, Shane?
2: You know, we talked a little bit before we Got on air here about uh, phone books, phone books at the post office. So for all of our listeners out there who um, are still using phone books, like the real, like with the paper, you know, scrolling through them to find numbers. Shame on you, because I have a lot of extra work to do at the post (laughs) office this week. The real question, I want to know who the sales guy is. Who's the sales guy selling ads? To, uh, you know, a thirty year old, that something that should be had been gone, you know, years ago. That's
1: you a know? good question. He's got to uh, be a heck of that, a salesman now.
2: I was gonna say, how's that sales pitch start? Uh, can I interest? Do you like dinosaurs? <laughs> because I have a dinosaur <laughs> that I'd like to introduce you to. It's called the phone book. Okay, enough of my rant against. Um, my work for the rest of the week. Uh Jason Jason, you'll concur. We're super excited to have uh tonight's guest on because um I know she considers herself just a little, you know, part of the Bigfoot, you know, landscape out there. And uh I think I think she is uh I think she's a star in the Bigfoot world. Oh yeah, she definitely has a big
1: impression.
2: Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, joining us tonight from a from just a tiny little YouTube channel, it's Nance Warren from Buckeye Bigfoot. Nance, how you doing?
3: I'm doing good, guys. Thanks for that incredible introduction. Um, it's good to be with you guys here tonight. Thank you.
2: Thank hey, you. Our, the pleasure is all ours. Yes, it is our it is our pleasure and. Um, And we'll get into it for our listeners, like what, you know, what your channel is all about and what, you know, I think the really cool thing is, is that you tell, you know, it's just from the listener or from the, from the person who sends in their, uh, you know, event or however you want to say it, their experience about Bigfoot, Dogman, whatever, you read it with such a pleasant demeanor and soothing voice um, I, I is that the way you talk to everybody because I think everybody every dog every per every stranger wants to be your friend
1: it's just captivating that's the best way I can describe it is it's captivating if,
2: in fact one of my friends I told one of my friends Todd Redmond who we all know you know who are regulars of the podcast that we were having you on and he goes oh my god. She's so great. And he started telling me about this one story he had on. And he goes, and her voice. It's like, you know, crisscross applesauce. We're all sitting around. I go, <laughs> what did you say? Crisscross apple?" He goes, well, maybe she didn't say that. Maybe she didn't say that. But it sounds like that's something she could say and get away with. So, Nance, before we get started, have you ever said crisscross applesauce? I'm going to tell a story.
3: No, absolutely. I don't believe I ever have said that
2: no. okay. I didn't I didn't know. I didn't know if that's something like to get all the kids settled in that we're in story time, so let's all cross our legs or whatever. So, Todd Redman, wherever you are listening to this, I, you're imagining things, but you know, maybe maybe <laughs> the future maybe in a future episode, Nance will say. Just for you, Todd, crisscross applesauce. So,
3: <laughs> I think I think I will because now I usually tell my listeners to get their snackage ready, you know, and settle in. So maybe I did say something about apple pie or something. I mean, it could be, but I, I will have to say that for Todd. Um, maybe maybe this Friday when I do my next <laughs> video. Oh,
2: there you go, there you go. Well, so so tell our listeners a little bit about you know now that we've just totally made you know made all kinds of fun and jokes and everything. Tell, tell your listeners what you get down to, tell our listeners get down to business, what it is you do at Buckeye Bigfoot and why it's so popular.
3: Well, I can tell you what I do, but I I'm not sure that I can diagnose why it's so popular. And that, and I'm not saying that in a self deprecating way because it's the whole topic of Bigfoot. Um, everyone I meet, either they love it or they hate it. So, I'm not sure about why it's so popular as for what I do. I literally just take experiences that people have had. They send them to me. And sometimes I have to do a little edit because it's only, you know, like two or three sentences or whatever. But mostly I just read their words. And that came about because I actually uh, grew up knowing someone who had had an experience. And through them I met other people that they had met over many years long before the Internet. And they all had a recurring theme. They all had a story to tell, but none of them were comfortable telling their own story. Some, it was because of fear. Some, it was just shyness. Some, they didn't mind it being known, but they didn't want to be the one to tell it. So I kept hearing this recurring theme. There are stories out there. They don't want to go on official records, but they kind of want them told. And thus, that's how I got started. I said, if you don't want to tell it. Would you mind if I tell it? And all of them said, please do. So that's what I do. I take other people's encounters. I give them a voice. That's all I do is a voice and a platform because other people out there, some people have had their own encounters. And for some reason, they identify with a lot of the emotions and words that people put um, in encounters that they send me. And other people who have never had an encounter, they well, they're you know they're just enthralled to listen. You know, they just like listening.
2: Yeah, I, I will say that. I mean, and we've talked about this before that a lot of people have these experiences and sit on them. Don't they? Don't feel comfortable telling anybody because of what you said. They don't want to be made fun of or ridiculed. But I think it's there's a real therapeutic feeling probably to have if you if you can't get on and tell your story to ha- at least have your words put out there so that maybe that reaches somebody else. So oh it's yeah, definitely
3: so. therapeutic. Very very therapeutic. Um a word I hear often beyond just therapeutic, I hear the word it's cathartic, it's been helpful. Um, You know, a lot of people really do talk about that. It's, it's a little bit like lancing an infected wound. You know, you're going to get rid of some of that pent up feelings about this. It's very frustrating to have these encounters, which are momentous and very large and very profound for a lot of people. And they can't talk about it. That's very, very um, upsetting for them in more ways than one.
1: Yeah, that's got to be real stressful to have something so traumatic that you can't even relate to somebody. And yet you feel that if you tell them, well, or tell the world about it, well, then instead of being understanding, they would look at you like you were crazy. That's got to be a hard thing to deal with. But that is also... The other thing yeah. that I- No, go ahead.
3: I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry.
1: Oh, no, no. I was was just going to say we appreciate uh, what you have, (laughs) like what you do, and uh, same thing for us. That's why we created the From the Shadows podcast forum. That's all I wanted to say. Please continue.
3: No, no, no. I was just going to say we were talking about um, how people, they need this outlet and how profound it can be. Um, I was going to mention because a lot of people have – encounters, but they didn't realize at the time that they had an encounter. Some of these encounters I get happen 30, 40 years ago. Sometimes it's because they were children and it's only when they look back do they start to put things together. It didn't make sense when they were children and now now it blows their mind to think about, you know, that wasn't a bear. I don't care what my dad said. I, I saw it clearly or or something. It's really very momentous for them, and it's a little earth-shaking when they come to that realization. So that that's all I was going to say when we were talking about therapeutic.
2: Well, and the therapeutic part, you know, it's, it's just like me, you know, complaining about the phone books, okay? You know, not everybody understands that, but at least I get to complain or get, a, get my story out there. And maybe not everybody understands, but hopefully you guys don't make too much fun of me for having to deliver phone books for the rest <laughs> of the week, you know? Oh no! <laughs> no, <we won't>. so, <laughs> yeah, you will. Don't lie. <laughs> so, 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 so when did you start? When, like, so, so, you, when did you just say, okay, I'm going to start taking these experiences, and I'm going to, um, like, what was the genesis of? I'm going to read. I'm going to read them and put them out there for people to listen to. I mean, that just didn't happen overnight, right? Or
3: no no not at all um it came to a head and there was pretty much a defining aha moment here's what i need to do uh but as i said i i knew some people growing up they were in my family that had an encounter um tangentially through them i had met a couple other people we had a family reunion and it all came back up i think it was 2017 and then the following year i went to the bigfoot convention up at salt fork lake here in ohio And I'm just, you know, you you get up there, and you start talking to people, and I met more than one person who said, oh, yeah, you know, I had an encounter, and I would say, well, tell me about it. I really don't like to talk about it. Well, eventually, I'd get told, and that was the whole thing. My husband and I, on our way home, we were talking, and we kept going on about how everybody that we know that has these encounters don't want to tell them. They don't care if you know, but they don't want to do the telling. And it started forming then in 2018 and it took some backtracking to get in touch with enough people through my cousin who knew people that had had experiences to put at least at that time, I said three months worth of stories together. And if I could get more stories beyond that, then the channel could stay alive, but I didn't know if it would happen. So I, I spent several months getting things together and talking to people and, um, finally in 2019 it was uh, it was a go and i didn't know if it would survive i thought maybe i'll put these out here and i didn't know if anyone would listen i know that sounds naive but i really <laughs> i really didn't know i didn't know at that point how much interest there would be well there were some other people out there but i i just i really didn't know what would happen and um and quite frankly, this is a very male-dominated, for the most part, industry. Um, there were a lot of things I just I didn't know. I had zeros on on the sheet when I was planning. I, I didn't know. And um, to my surprise, I started getting a lot more encounters being sent in. As soon, within a for like a week or two, people were sending them in. I I was surprised. I thought it would take a long time before I had enough. I don't want to say the word credibility, but that I could build enough trust with listeners that they would impart their encounters to me, this person they did not know because I knew what I had to do talking to someone in person, getting them to talk. And I don't know if it was because we were in person and the internet affords a type of anonymity that made it easier. That was something I hadn't, hadn't thought about. So it was, it was a good year, year and a half in the making, but really started in 2017.
2: Well I would say and I'm looking right now 30 over 30,000 subscribers later that you must be must have been doing something right um how, how many how many stories do you think have been sent to you since the beginning I mean since the beginning I'm going to throw out a figure
3: 4 or 500 Uh, And it may be more and it may be less, Um, probably more. I mean, actual stories, probably a lot more now that I think about it, because here's what happens. I can open my email box and there might be 20 emails that day. I go through them and there's maybe two that are encounters and of those encounters, one, is usable because the other one, I'm sorry, it's Bigfoot porn, and I'm just not going to go there. You know that sort of thing. <laughs> no, that
2: may that be really an- that may be another channel. I mean, don't knock.
3: The- <laughs> <laughs> That's not my forte. But if I don't somebody, know. I I'll probably send them
2: some. <laughs> I do not. I I got to be honest. I'm not sure I want to meet anybody who's really into that. So, no, Jason, geez. I can't speak for you, but is
1: no I'm not interested yeah. in that I was going to say you're awful quiet
2: there man I, didn't I was just wanting to
1: see how far you were going to go with that whether you were going I to think- mention our counterpart <laughs> or not
2: listen whatever the judge does in his spare time is perfectly fine you can do it everyone I'm not pinning that on him Okay, okay? He's, he's, he's an upstanding so member of the of- community so. yeah <laughs> <laughs> So um, yeah,
3: yeah I, I don't know an exact number of how many uh, stories have been sent. A lot. How about we say that a lot, a lot more than I can ever really that that are usable.
2: Right, right. Well, that's incredible. I mean, and, he, and so so when we start seeing like the numbers, uh, like the the air quotes I'm using the uh, official numbers of Bigfoot sightings, you almost have to take into account then that the stories that you've been sent are probably not officially reported for the most part, you know, you're, you're the one they're reporting them to as a matter, you know, for lack of a better term. So, uh, so that right. just leads the, leads to the theory that if, if there's 50 Bigfoot reportings, there's probably 150 because there's that many more that aren't even, um, cause who are you going to report them to? Number one, So I don't even, you know, other than the BRF or BFRO. So so that's what blows my mind is that she got all those stories and they're not like an official count.
3: Now, I did have a few who said, I have sent this already to the BFRO years ago. Um, And so there were a few that they had sent that actually are accounted for by the BFRO. I do know that the BFRO, I'm I'm not very well acquainted with them. I I make no claims. I'm not affiliated with them, so let me be clear. I do know that there are criteria, from what I gather, that whether or not they decide to make a report on something, um, I'm not sure what that criteria is. I've had many people send me an encounter and say, I tried to tell a BFRO. I called, and I called, and no one called me back. So I don't know if there was something in that criteria that the BFRO said this is not credible to them, or I'm not sure. But um, you're probably right. There's, I think it's like any any in I don't want to say crime, but when you're talking any kind of an official report of anything, the official reports, the official numbers are never the true number. I don't I don't care if you're talking about how many sheep are in the field. It's never the right number ever. Oh no, no, it's <laughs> you not. Know?
2: <clears throat> Don't get me started on the phone books that are sitting there again. Because I'll <laughs> <nobody laughs> tell me that. Well, uh, <laughs> uh, well, I tell. T- well, I'll tell you what, Nance, What, what we'd like you to do then, because we want to kind of introduce to our listeners, you know, that are all over the world, to what you do. I think you. I think you picked out a couple stories that you're going to tell almost like we're almost like we're doing a mini version of your of your uh, YouTube show is that true I mean is that what you're gonna do for us
3: that is what I'm going to do and um, you know I, I like I said I really had a hard time picking out stories because you know everybody wants incredible um, information and detail but people when they write me they write long emails sometimes so you, you know you just got that Bear with me, they want to tell their story. It isn't I was driving and I saw Bigfoot and uh, slammed on the brakes and that was it. So <laughs> in, other words, in other words, in other words, get your snackage ready. so um, the first one ironically goes back to something I was saying earlier about very, very old reports. Um, this gentleman sent it to me because his grandfather had told him. This particular story, numerous times while growing up, and what I found so compelling about this, um, I'll touch on at the end. And it's about the location. There's something that he did not know about that location that I actually later was able to find. Um, so that just to me just made it feel very real. So this mm-hmm. one actually takes place back. Yeah, yeah. It, it, you'll you'll see here in a minute. Actually, I'll just go ahead and tell you. Basically, his grandfather. Um, You know what? No, I will wait to the end. How about that? Let's go ahead and do this. All
2: right? Yes. Let's. Let's. Yeah. Let's. Let's. Come on. Let's get the whole experience here. Mm -hmm. Like, leave us on the edge of our seats. wanting to know?
3: (laughs) All right. Here's what he wrote. This is not my story, but it's my grandfather's story. He told this story to me back in the 1990s. I'm unclear about where this actually happened. And he's gone now, so I can't ask for more details. The only thing I remember is that he said it was near where he grew up in Jefferson, Texas. This all happened in 1933 when my grandpa was 11 years old. He and his older brother had gone down into the bayou hoping to catch some dinner. Times were hard then, and there were a lot of hungry people back at their house, and their father was out of work. They'd spent the day looking all around and not finding a single thing that they could make dinner. There was nothing to be found anywhere, which they found odd. There weren't even the normal loons or fowl in the area. But they were just too young to understand that this absence of animals might mean something bad. Giving up on their search, they began their walk home, which took them across the top of a watershed with no overflow on it. This led down into a field that ran right next to the road that ran right to their house only a couple miles away. And that was their planned route to walk out of the bayou. Now, no matter how hot it was, they would never drink water in that area. They said all the swamp water and runoff was foul and stinky smelling. I love their term, stinky smelling. And that's what my grandfather and his brother thought they were smelling as they came across the top of the watershed while they were heading home. They thought that the awful stench that they could smell on the breeze was some nearby standing water. They had noticed it and they mentioned it to each other as they were walking. But when they got down off the watershed, the smell was much worse. They had gotten about a third of the way across the field when they suddenly heard a screaming and squealing. They looked, and they realized there was a loose pig in the field. And they wondered whose loose pig that was and whether or not they could catch it and get it home without getting in trouble. Because to them, a whole pig would be like winning the lottery. They looked where they had heard the pig, and they saw it on the far side of the field. They could just see the back above the weeds. They were still watching, pardon me, they were still watching the pig, wishing they could catch it when they saw something else come out of the woods, and it scared them badly. What they saw was hairy, and it had brown hair that looked like spots were bleached out all over it. You could see some of the blonde of it in the sunlight. Grandpa said that he guessed it was about the size of their dad. And he wasn't sure exactly how dad, excuse me, exactly how sure his dad was, but he didn't think he was all that tall. The thing they saw was very thin, and they watched as the thing dove into the tall grass after the running pig, the way kids today dive into the ball pit at McDonald's. Then the thing would get up out of the weeds, look around to find where the pig was, run, and dive into the weeds after it again. At one point, the thing caught sight of my grandpa and his brother over in the other part of the field as it was looking for the pig. He said it sort of did a double take the way a person would if it caught sight of them. Then it went right back to hunting the pig. Grandpa said that he and his brother ran back across the field and went up onto the mounded berm that made up the watershed so they could see the whole field better and it wasn't long till the pig made a bad call and zigzagged right into where that thing was standing. And right then, the poor pig's fate was sealed. There was a blood-curdling squeal from the pig, and Grandpa said the pigs that he had helped to process later on in years, even they didn't squeal like that when they were hung upside down and stuck for slaughter. He said that that pig in the field... It also didn't end as quick as those barn slaughters either. The pig must have slipped through its hands because it was another short chase and the pig would scream something loud. And then it got away one more time. But then the big hairy creature caught it for good. That last time, the creature raised up with both hands balled together so its hands made a big hammer and it swung high above its head and then down hard. They couldn't see the pig in the tall grass, but he said there was no more sound from the pig after that. That thing, it hadn't forgotten that it had seen Grandpa and his brother out there either. He said it was knelt down in the tall grass in the field, and when the pig was good and dead and silent, he said that thing popped its head up and started looking all around, and he knew it was looking for them. When it finally saw them, it stood slowly all the way up in the grass, like it was challenging them. Go ahead, come take my pig. Grandpa said there wasn't no way they were going for that pig. They hightailed it back across the watershed, followed two other property lines, and ended up back out on the road. Now the rest of it pretty much they said he says they go home that night and they do manage to get some dinner on the way home. But that's about another I don't know, twenty paragraphs. The point was that he said his grandfather told him that exact same story over and over, always described it exactly the same. Now, he signs it and he says that he is proud to be William Bohannon's grandson. What I found was odd was some of the details he gave me about the bayous, the watershed, Jefferson, and Texas, and how his grandfather said it was never it wasn't there anymore. Turns out that whole area back in the 1930s was an area, but if you look today, it's all underwater. It was covered by a reservoir that was built up in the 40s, right there all through, I think it's Marion County, Texas. So that explained why, after talking with him several times, he couldn't tell me where it was. He only had a vague idea because his grandfather said, it don't matter, it ain't there no more. So I just found that kind of compelling that we were able to kind of actually figure out where this was because he didn't know that was the thing he didn't know and his grandfather was was pretty vague um, but we were actually able to pin it down so that was from William Bohannon's grandson who now lives <sighs> in broken, broken Arrow Oklahoma but this all happened in Texas in the 1930s
2: that was holy a goodness. great encounter <laughs> right there that story was great <laughs> holy boy right, well, I mean how old was the? How old was his grandpa at the time? Like, what do you say, twelve or thirteen? Thirteen, I believe. He,
3: he was. He said he was eleven. Yeah. He
2: 11. said his grandfather
3: was eleven in nineteen thirty-three.
2: Okay. And I and, said
3: that I said, "Who lets their kids roam around for miles?" And apparently, that was a thing back then. You know. Oh
2: yeah. Especially <laughs> and, rural
3: kids, they just went anywhere and everywhere, and that just and, blew me away.
2: And count on them to come back with dinner. <laughs> That's the whole apparently.
3: Thing. apparently it was probably so bad, you know, that everybody
2: was in. I mean, can you imagine being an 11 year old kid and seeing something beat to death with its two fists, a pig that you would probably have to shoot or stat, you know what I'm saying? No human could just sit there and beat a pig to death. Um, I can't even imagine that even from across the field.
1: And the way he was leaping and caught the pigs several different times—that athleticism on something that large—that's incredible.
3: Wow! It really, it really is something to consider. I mean, and it um, clearly stayed with him, stayed with his grandfather for a long time. And um, yeah, I mean, I just I found a lot of the detail very compelling and unusual. Of course, I get. A lot of encounters, and like everyone, I've read a lot of other encounters. There were just some really strange things, like putting both hands together like a big hammer, raising them up, and using it like a club. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something you see a two-year-old do, you know, when they're fighting their little brother or something. But um, that I've never heard or seen anywhere else. I thought that was really, really compelling for me. Yeah,
2: I, yeah I've heard, you know, I've heard of, of Bigfoot or Sasquatch, you know, Picking stuff up and slam like deer slamming them against a tree or yeah or, uh, yeah I've heard of that you know, too yeah. other things like that but I'm sure it's not beyond the realm of imagination to think that something that big and powerful could just take its fist and smash them upside the head and do do just the same
1: oh it's you probably it's like just, bludgeoning just, it with a
2: sledgehammer <laughs> yeah it's it's just hard to picture because pigs are hard to get a hold of out in the open. I can tell you that from being on the farm, but, uh, wow. So when you, when you get a story like that and you start reading it, I mean, do you, and, and you're getting into it, you're like, Oh yeah, this is going to be a good one to tell, you know, is that, do you, does that start going through your head?
3: Absolutely. Especially when I'm reading them right off the bat in the email. My other problem is what I just ran into reading that one. When I read it, I start getting excited and I keep wanting to read faster and faster. You know, I want to read at top speed and I have to keep slowing myself down. That's, that's a real problem pacing. You know, um, if I read these stories on my channel as fast as my mind wants me to go, nobody would listen. <laughs> nobody would listen at all. Uh,
2: hey, listen, ladies, listen, listen, half the times, half the time I, you know, I don't know why people are listening to us by the way we go on, you know, so, I'm just glad that they, they stick it out and listen to us. You know, Jason's <laughs> yes. always going off track. I can't believe it.
1: But, yeah, uh, right. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
3: oh, I bet that's half the formula. That's half the magic. That's what people like.
2: Yeah, magic. Yes, of course. We'll go with that, Nance. I like, I like the way you think.
3: Let's go with that.
2: <laughs> so, yeah. so, okay. So, are you going to top that story then? Because that's a pretty good story. That's kind of hard to think. <laughs> No pressure. Well, I
3: have a I have one that's a little more recent than the 1930s. Um, this is a story that comes to us from 1991, and uh, he says this happened in 1991 on Highway 77 in West Virginia. My older oh. brother and I attended college together. Uh, wait, what do you mean? Oh, who lives in West Virginia?
2: Well, you know, okay, it's one thing when you start talking about the bayous and in Texas and Louisiana. I I don't, I, I can't, you know, I haven't been down there. I don't know where it's at. But when you say a highway that I can get to within like a half hour and then to a spot where, okay, we're getting a little close to home here. Okay. <laughs> so I got to make sure the door is yeah, locked. Actually, and the... <laughs>
3: they get, some of these I get, they are expensive. I mean, down to this intersection, I just passed this mile marker, because it's indelibly imprinted on their mind, and they're very specific. A lot of them here in Ohio, a tremendous amount. Um, I'm sure you're aware, you know, the Ohio Mm grasslands. Sometimes people are very vague in their encounters, and others, well, others, they're really, really, like I said, they're very descriptive and detailed. So. All right. So this happened in 1991 mark it on your calendars, guys, and your maps, Highway 77 in West Virginia. My older brother and I attended college together at the same time, and we were in the same class since he served two years active duty in the military before we both enrolled as freshmen in 1989. We lived in Central Florida at the time, and we were both attending college in Ohio from 1989 to 1993. We were your normal college students with very good lives, and we had upbringings in remote northeast Maine. Both of us have spent thousands of hours hunting and fishing, and we were and are very familiar with wildlife and the outdoors. We were returning from our Christmas break in Florida and were making a 14-hour drive back to Ohio in time to have Sunday to unwind and prep for classes the next day. We were driving through West Virginia. We were closing in on the last five hours of the trip. Me and my brother have had a thousand conversations during all of those trips. But I have to say that the topic of Sasquatch or a dog man never once came up. I don't even know if either of us at that time believed in Sasquatch or dog man, but I can say we certainly believe today. The night that night was clear and very cold. We had perfect visibility. The road through there was clear, but there was still some snow along the sides of the road. My brother was the one driving and he was doing about 70 miles an hour. We hadn't seen a car for some time going in either direction. Now, for some reason, we were both suddenly drawn to look over to the left lanes. There, we were surprised to see a very large, wolf-like looking animal as it bounded once from the median toward our lane. This was a four-lane highway with two lanes going each direction, and that animal needed just one jump to cover the 20-plus feet to enter our side of the highway. I could see that its jaws were open and wide as it leapt towards their car. This all happened in the time that it took for us to close the 500 yards or so distance at 70 miles an hour. Even with him slowing down out of sheer shock at the size of this creature, it only took a few seconds. Try to imagine driving down the highway when your eyes spot a deer. Most people can immediately see it and know that it's a deer, More can tell you how many points it has, or if it was a doe with young ones, or how many were with her. And, for a lot of the hunters out there, you can often guess the weight and be very darn close. We saw this massive creature as it stood on the median. It was crouched just a bit, and then it jumped over the two lanes on its side of the highway, landing right into the lane that we were in. I bet we only missed it by a third or two no more our eyes as wide as silver dollars me and my brother looked at each other and said at the same time as if we had rehearsed it my god did you see that did you see that thing our adrenaline was pumping the hair on our arms and neck were standing right up instinctively as we passed it i turned around to look at the back window And in the glow of the brake lights and the lightness all around from the snow on the sides of the road, I could still see the creature. It was easily four feet tall at its back and eight to ten feet in full length from nose to tail. Its head was massive, and it stood another two plus feet above the backbone. It was seen at three-quarter broadside, so I was able to see just how massive it was. My brother and I both saw it. I promise you, this was no wolf and no coyote. This was too massive. No bear could be that lean or make those kinds of jumps. Bears don't have that kind of profile. We talked all the rest of the trip of nothing else but what we had just seen. And despite our trying, we could not think of one animal it could possibly be. The only thing we came close to agreeing on was that what we saw looked like a werewolf, pretty much as they depict in the movies. Now that I've heard of a dog man, and I've read up on what they are and how people have described them, my brother and I believe that is what we saw that cold night, late December 1991, in the mountains of West Virginia. Thanks. You can just sign me, J.
2: Well, you know, uh Wow Um <laughs> the, uh, Oh boy. That's dog so, man
1: country over there.
2: It, listen, it's West Virginia. That's right. You know, I there's all kinds of crazy stuff that happens in West Virginia, I think. No mm-hmm. offense, Bo Kennedy of the Bump Podcast, but you know, we're talking <laughs> about <laughs> West <laughs> we're talking about West Virginia again. <laughs> um so okay, Nance, So how many dogman reports do you get then?
3: I get very few. I get. I think that was only like my fourth one in two years.
2: So, I get okay. very few dogmen. Okay, so you're you know you're be bopping along, Bigfoot, Sasquatch, bottom, and then you come across something like that. So, what man. what happened the first time that you like? really read somebody talking about Dogman. Like, how did you feel about that as compared to, like, a Bigfoot one?
3: I was intrigued because, like them, I I really wasn't familiar with Dogman. I had heard them, and in my mind, I associated them, it's just a werewolf. I really wasn't as in tune on what the different nuances were. Uh, I can't say that I still am. I probably need to read a lot more. But they intrigue me. I mean, to me, it's another mystery. It's another cryptid. Um, And that's my whole thing is just anything that just doesn't um, immediately add up. I, You know, my little ears go up and I get all interested. So it actually led me to go read some stuff, watch some more YouTube videos, see what other people were saying, what happened. Um, And then I knew that it might not be Bigfoot, but I felt that it was absolutely appropriate for my channel. It was a cryptid. And that's, you know... I'm a Bigfoot girl, yes, but I know there's more than just him out there.
2: Wow, that that could be a com that'd be a kind of a catchy commercial. I'm a Bigfoot girl, but I know there's more than just him <laughs> out there. I mean, <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying, like. <laughs> Like I don't maybe know there's what.
3: There's podcast than pro- that.
2: I don't know yeah, what yeah. product. Yeah, I'm like I don't know what product or something. Maybe the guy selling the ads in the phone books. He could use it. Like that's a great. I'm a Bigfoot girl, but there's more than just. Two. I mean, come on. That's like a cologne ad, maybe. <laughs> maybe he needs some perfume or something. I don't know. I, wow. So, so, so do you get any other sort of like? Um, Stories and and we're not going to talk about Bigfoot porn anymore. But do you get like is there any other cryptids that you get like uh, one or two stories about that have intrigued you since this since you started this?
3: I got one and the story was one I almost picked out for today, but it was it's really long. Uh, the basic premise it it does have a Bigfoot in the story, but um, they were camping and they were approached by someone that. The writer refers to him as being kind of almost reptilian that he had. He and his wife noticed that this man had scales around his eyes. He was a very pale man, and um, he was asking questions that were just utterly, utterly ridiculous, um, had no point. And the whole time the gentleman felt that whatever or whoever this was, they were trying very hard to get between him and his truck and his gun, because and he retrieved his gun from the truck, and he had one strapped on him. This was in Idaho, by the way, up in the mountains. And he said everything just felt wrong. Him and his wife both felt it, and they didn't really feel at any time this was a human that they were talking to. And the gentleman eventually left, this other, this pale man, They ended up going down to check on some campers they knew were about a half mile away that they'd passed. And sure enough, that pale man had been there. So he was asking them about one set of campers, then he asked the other campers about the other guy that he first talked to. And all of them agreed. There was something very odd, and there was a whole slew of odd things that went on, so much so they pretty much left the whole campground, them and the other people, this camping area, Um, The energy didn't feel right. There were strange sounds, strange noises. I'm not sure if that's a reptile person, a lizard person. I don't know what it was, but everyone there agreed that something was wrong. This man didn't speak right. His sentences weren't put together right. His clothes didn't look they were put on right. Um, They didn't really fit right. The eyes went in different directions, kind of at times looking and he had scales around his eyes. It was really very uncomfortable. They said that nothing led them to believe this was a human. So I get stuff like that, and I'm like, yeah, I'm doing that one. Because I, I thought that was really, really interesting. Oh, yeah. That I'm sounds like, like yeah, a
1: reptilian.
2: I am so, on
3: that, like a fat trap on a sweet donut. I wanted to do
2: that uh, one. Uh, I She's just throwing taglines down like, like you wouldn't believe, like she's just, oh man, oh man. My <laughs> <By>
1: gosh.
2: <laughs> so, so, so that story there is that one that you've already done and is available on the Buckeye Bigfoot. Or it you
3: have No, no, I did that one. Let mm-hmm. me see. I can tell you what day um, that was on January 12th of this year. Visit from a strange pale man, and then Bigfoot.
2: I gotta write that. So down. that wow. was
3: January twelfth.
2: Wow. Yeah. Well, that that uh, I guarantee you watch the numbers after this after this airs. Um, you're gonna have a spike because I there's I can't believe that any of our listeners aren't gonna go right to your channel and not check that one out first because i'm going it, to it was, i'm going to listen to it right away oh it,
3: it it intrigued me i would love to get more like that i mean again like i said i really do like my bigfoot but you know i was that 6 year old that you know had eyes as big as saucers watching uh, leonard nimoy's in search of you know that was like my crack when i was a kid you know that's what introduced me to bigfoot that's how i learned about oak island that's you know and and these kinds of things just anything that unknown that mystery that puzzle that stuff that just doesn't add up like i said that's that's what i want and i would I've, I've actually thought about doing another channel or doing another thing my problem would be again getting this kind of material in a regular format but i would i really these things intrigue me to no end like this pale man i, I couldn't wait to do that one. i really couldn't
2: now, now, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Is hidden amongst all these episodes maybe a Nance Warren encounter of your very own?
3: Although no, you're not putting me on the spot at all. <laughs> actually. No, no, there there isn't because I, I, cannot, I can't say that I've ever had an experience. I have never had an experience. I've never had a sighting. I've never even had what I call a sounding. I've never even heard anything that I thought could be a Bigfoot. Um, I don't spend as much time out in the forest as I did when I was younger, but I've never had any kind of an encounter. I, you know, sometimes I would like to say, I wish I had had one, but then I've met other people who said, God, I wish I hadn't had that sight. That <laughs> encounter. So, uh, but no, there's, there's nothing out there hiding. If anything, I would probably be uh, the first to highlight, you know, I, I know I believe you because I had my own mm.
2: experience. Good, good no. point. Good point. Now, so even after reading and telling it, all these experiences, you still think you'd like to have one.
3: I think that if I could see it, like when I'm in a vehicle moving <laughs> the opposite direction, <laughs> you know, or or if I'm in a completely more safe environment. Um, you know, from a distance. I don't ever want to be up close to one. You know, I I know there are a lot of people who are absolute firm believers and they get angry if you suggest anything uh, different, but I'm not in the camp that says these things are all cuddly teddy bears. I'm just not. I don't, I think they are, whether they're a wild ha- animal, whether they're more human-like, they're a living, breathing, thinking, feeling thing. And they have moods and personalities. I mean, some dogs are friendly, some aren't, right? That's right. Some people too. There are
2: none. So no no dogs think. are friendly. Who do you think you're talking to? No, no, There's Shane. No that's, dogs, that's, only, that's, that's only Isn't because just... you're a mailman.
1: That's all.
3: <laughs> see, uh, see, that's the thing. You mentioned earlier that, you know, dogs would like me because I actually volunteered for many years at a local animal shelter and I did. I had a good way with dogs and cats and, and, and the ponies that we had that were brought in and everything else. So and yeah, and and apparently,
2: and apparently Todd Redmond too, wherever he's at listening. I think <laughs> this will be his favorite episode. And never and not once did she say crisscross applesauce. But
3: I was know. gonna say, what is it? Crisscross applesauce. Chris okay. Cross All right. applesauce. Ah. I wonder
2: um,
3: if that's Leslie over at Cryptids Canada. Maybe she says that. I,
2: don't I know. just think I huh. just think it's a long night on the garbage truck, and he loses his mind while he's listening to our podcast. Oh, that's what I think. then you need to point.
3: You need to point to him that I have uh, a garbage man gave me a story.
2: Actually. Really? Really? Yes.
3: Actually, I have. I have. Two, well. I have, uh, and that was August 30th, 2019, harassed by Bigfoot, one garbage man story right here in Ohio, by
2: the way. No way. Wait a second. uh, We're we're, we're at in Ohio. Oh,
3: I don't know if it was Columbiana. I don't remember. Let me see if I can find out here real quick. Uh, I could probably look in my notes. August 30th, 2019. Um. Yeah, I, I I actually got a lot from there was another guy who said that it was um, he fought what he called the trash squatch. It wasn't some <laughs> trash panda.
1: It was, <laughs> the it was tra- not a trash panda, but <laughs> the tra- <a> trash squatch.
2: <laughs> well, I listen, I can I can attest back in our college days when Todd and I worked on his in his family's business on the garbage route and we did some of the route was down in rural part of uh, Morrow County. And I mean, you're out there at two three o'clock in the morning on a back road, and there's and, and outside the light off the back of the truck, you're out there with whatever is in the weeds, is in the field, is in the woods right there. I could definitely i mean, I, I could definitely see how. That is a squatchy type situation. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, it wouldn't surprise me at all to have to have something like that happen because it just seems right. It always seemed like a horror movie, you know, besides the and fact it, that it, it stunk. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I just looked at this notes and it just said he didn't want to be too specific because there aren't a lot of options for trash service in that area, I guess. Oh, really? Um, okay. But he just said Rural Eastern Ohio 2016. And basically, from what I remember of this, he was um, thrilled when what he thought was a – Easier, more cushy rural route came up. And um, so he took it instead of, you know, he said people in the city throw stuff away like crazy. And apparently people in rural areas, I guess they're further apart, but so it came open and he um, applied for that route and quickly got it. And very quickly figured out why there had been such a high turnover on that route. And um, apparently uh, Sasquatch in that area also knew it was trash night and you know hung out near all of this and um, that I don't remember anything else about except I do remember the Sasquatch supposedly was trying to shake the truck or something I don't remember oh <laughs> uh, my goodness <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, okay
2: okay <laughs> that was it.
3: August 30th that was 2019 August 30th and it's called harassed by Bigfoot one garbage man story and then the other one about the trash squatch mm-hmm. uh is it a raccoon is it a bear no it's a trash squatch and that was July 12 mm. 2019 and i do remember because when i put that out about that guy with his garbage can that prompted the other guy who actually had a garbage route to send his in and it was the following month so yeah <sighs>
2: Well, I'm. I, I'm, I'm I
3: got a story, guys. I mean, I got wow. a story. Wow.
2: Well, do, where's the mailman <laughs> Bigfoot story? I don't. You don't have one, do you? Come on, because mailmen are just way uh, too smart. You know
3: what? Let me think. Let me, let me think.
2: Oh, jeez. No,
3: I do not. I don't think I do. I think I had one from a FedEx guy. Oh,
2: so FedEx. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Well, I'm gonna. T- I'm gonna point out one thing. For something to go up and think they're gonna shake a garbage truck, that means. They have no fear, so because that's not like a little like Honda, okay. Those things are huge, giant things with a big packer in it. That you know, I mean, that's crazy. But I do hope, Todd, wherever you're at listening, it's nice and dark when you get get out of the truck and go around (laughs) go around behind to get that garbage down in Morrow County (laughs) on Friday. So. <laughs> That'll well, be great. Much
3: when he, this guy was having the trouble. It was early morning before you know, before yeah. the sun was even up, really. And he's yeah. out there on these rural routes, and and it, it caused him to quit. He literally uh, left and drove back to the station or whatever you call it, and um, turned in his keys. And his boss didn't even ask that many questions.
2: He was like, "Okay," because he, he knew, right? Because he just knew. I, I mean, wow, wow.
3: I guess, I, I, I guess he I, said there'd been
2: a lot of turnover. Well, um, I'm going to tell you what, Nance, you you've given our listeners quite a few good options to go and, uh, check out right away on your channel. Oh, definitely. Oh, holy smokes. So, you know, before we, before we, uh, end up here, let's, let me ask you, so what, what do you think from hearing all these stories like, what do you really think the Bigfoot or Sasquatch is? I mean, do you are you on the in the animal side, or are you in the side that it's me? There might be a little like supernatural, um, extraterrestrial, or something like that.
3: Well, I won't discount anything because we don't have a specimen, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I forget who said it, but somebody said until we got one in the garage looking at it, you know, we're never going to know. I'm never going to say it is not an alien. It is not this or that. That's not my belief. Um, I do believe that it's a living, breathing thing. Supernatural? Well, not necessarily. Not for me. I think it's probably some leftover on the – I don't want to say evolutionary chain because that makes you think human. But um, I I, I don't know. I I think it's just a, a natural being out there. For me, that's my belief. But again, I won't discount others who say that when they see them they see orbs and you know, that's maybe that is really what happens for them. I I don't know. So I allow for everything a lot more than I will discount things because I think when you start summarily discounting and throwing things out, you're quite often going to throw out things that might matter later down the road. You might find out you might have needed that.
2: So <laughs> Yeah. I think that's, I mean, look, we got a lizard man out in Idaho shaking down campers. So anything is, <laughs> anything is possible. <laughs> anything is possible. Yeah. Well, well, Nance, this has been great. I I'm so glad that you agreed to come on, you know, come down to our level and share your stories with us, you know, because to us, you are a rock star in this, uh, in this subject matter. And, uh, would you please tell all of our listeners how, where and how they can go find you, and you know, and and how they can get a hold of you if they too have a, a story that they have not felt comfortable in telling us, but maybe they want to tell you, and they have you read their story.
3: Well, I'd be happy to. I do hope first that they come to you, um, but if they want to go somewhere else, they can find me on YouTube. All they have to do is look up Buckeye Bigfoot. I'm also, you can find us and submit messages on www.buckeyebigfoot.com if they want to email. The email is simply contact at Pretty much, you type in Buckeye Bigfoot, you're probably going to find me. You're going to find my big red, white, and uh, blue and black uh, logo. Thanks to Colors of Ohio State University. That was not planned by the way, the graphics artist I went to was um a college football fan. And so yeah, he picked Ohio State University.
2: <laughs> so so have you got way. the le- have you got the cease and desist letter from Ohio State or not? They no, not no, no. Okay. no. Okay. The Bigfoot no, doesn't have like done. a big giant buckeye head and look like Brutus with hair. <laughs> no. No.
1: no. That's funny no. when you think about that. Although-
3: <laughs> Although a couple years ago the Ohio State uh, or the Ohio Bigfoot Conference used it looks just like the Ohio State University logo, but it was for the Ohio Bigfoot logo for 2019. It was really cool, Mm. really cool. I mean, if you saw it from a distance, you'd think it was Ohio State University. So they did a really good job with that. They really did. It looked awesome. So, but if you look for me, I promise you're gonna find me. (laughs)
2: <laughs> uh well nance thank you so much uh like i said this is this is great to hear those stories and i know that our listeners will jump over and, and want to hear some of the especially the garbage man one i got to hear the garbage man one and if you, well you
3: better tell your friend todd he, he's got to go to the garbage man one
2: uh, look he's going to be so mad number one that i told him told you about crisscross applesauce (laughs) he's gonna be so mad about that he's definitely not going to uh probably want to hear a garbage man story in the middle of the night but uh i just want to i I just hey look i want to make a deal with you though if you do get a bigfoot post or mailman story can i be the guest uh or orator and tell the story on on your channel that's can i can i
3: Oh, I yeah. like
1: <laughs> Shane, you, you, Shane oh, you're going to scare yourself. That's what you're going to do.
2: <laughs> listen, listen, they, they sent us out there with just dog spray. I mean, it's got to work right on Bigfoot. I mean, come on.
1: Uh, I don't know.
3: Bigfoot. Well, is... I, I don't know. People. Yeah. I'm pe- People have reported not even bear spray works on Bigfoot sometimes. So be careful. Right. Okay. Bear spray ain't gonna work. I don't know about your spray for dogs.
2: There is what we're marketing right there. Bigfoot spray. I know well, <laughs> I can't even remember what you already said. I know, I know there's Bigfoot out there, but there's other guys running around. Whatever. We we gotta get that tagline for Bigfoot spray. There you go. That's the whole marketing marketing, uh, right there. For the, and we'll sell Bigfoot spray to everybody. So
3: <laughs> we're going to be
1: rich. Yes.
2: <laughs> eh, probably not. Probably not, but it'll be fun trying. So <laughs> well, <laughs> we Nancy, can have
3: some fun so, dreaming. Yes.
2: yes. <laughs> well, Nance, thank you so much for, for coming on. And, and I encourage everybody go check out Buckeye Bigfoot. And, uh, and if you got a Bigfoot story that you uh, don't want to share with us, Please send it to Nance because we want to hear it.
3: Yes, please.
1: Absolutely.
3: Thank you.
2: It's been
1: great. Thank you very much for coming on the show.
3: I've had a great time. Thank you for inviting me, guys. I appreciate it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. And hey, Todd, have a good night.
3: <laughs> good for all, <laughs> all, right.
1: all right. Take
3: care. All Bye.
1: All
2: right. All right. All right, we'll talk to you,
1: Dance. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the From the Shadows podcast. Until next time, never shy away from the darkness or what may be lurking in the shadows. We are out. <laughs>